Welcome to the Making It Podcast. I'm your host, Kyler Miles, and on this show, we interview guests about their journey of making their dreams a reality. Welcome, everyone, to the Making It Podcast. Uh, My name is Kyler Miles, the host of this uh, podcast. And who I have with me is Noah. She is a keynote speaker, a best-selling author, and a leadership coach. Noah, how are you doing during this quarantine weird time we are in? You want the real or the honest one? (laughs) I want the real. Um, this morning I had a bit of a meh morning, but oh. I knew I had a, I have a great, a great day, so mm-hmm. um, it shifted. I made myself a video to, <laughs> to oh, okay. shift myself up, so that's what I do. Uh, was it the video for yourself to look at when you're kind of feeling blue, or no? So I make videos on uh, like vlog. Mm-hmm. I vlog on LinkedIn and I was in that space. I said, I have to shift my energy. And I said, okay, I'm going to make myself the video that someone else should have made me. And that's how I shifted. <laughs> so, but now I'm with you. So you see, I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you know, afterwards uh, I am a video edit- editor and a uh, photographer and videographer. So, you know, maybe we can collaborate one day and, and help each other out. And I love vlogging too. I find it very <laughs> tough to vlog in the house, but I'm still trying to uh, do that and, and talk through people. Um, how to get through this quarantine because uh, you know it's a weird time for all of us and so it's good to share kind of our knowledge and and I guess tips uh, on how to uh, get through it yeah and I promise to be honest <laughs> <laughs> awesome well um, maybe we could start with giving our guests some uh, a little background on yourself uh, how we got connected and really um, walk us through a bit of your story you have a very interesting story that we touched on briefly over our call before this and maybe give um, our audience some context into who you are and what you're about. And then we can kind of dive in into uh, some questions and, and uh, how you're trying to make your uh, dreams a reality. So. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, I I hope I will not forget all your questions. So I will start with the basics. No worries. Um, I know that always when I speak, there is a question in the back of people's mind. Where is she from? So I, I will start with that because if not, I know the people will not listen to any word I'm going to say and try to figure out my accent. So I'm originally from Israel and 14 years ago, my husband and I moved with two little kids from Israel to New York City. And before the move, I worked as an executive in human resources. I was a change management consultant. So I was in an executive position and I had my MBA and I thought everything is going to be fine. Uh, But apparently when I moved to New York City, um, I didn't have any American experience, nor my MBA wasn't from the US. So they didn't really care. Uh, don't want to sound like a victim, but that was the reality. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't a fan of that reality. And as they say, the doctor became the patient. So I went, I took people through so many changes, um, um, processes. Mm-hmm. But suddenly when I went through my own personal uh, change experience, my own personal transition. And it was not that someone grabbed me in my hair and told me you have to go. It was a Mm. choice. But 
it was very, very messy for me. And I think the, the main thing that was messy that I'm a person that comes from actions. Uh, I'm a doer, uh, task, very task, I was very task oriented and suddenly I froze. And the reason I froze is that I found so many barriers in my way and my main big barrier was English. So English was my second language. It's not like you don't use English in Israel. You study uh, English, you use it in, uh, when you uh, go to university, but still speaking was my forte. Since I was a little child, I knew that it was my forte. Uh, I knew I was the leader in the playground and later on in the in the boardroom. There was that magical silence that people listened to me and, and mostly followed my ideas. And suddenly I speak and I hear a new quiet silence, which is people trying to understand what I was saying. And that was very frustrating for me. And it brought that barrier of not feeling as... Um, as I want to be. And um, I, I fought everything to, to stay what I was before. I wanted to have my past back and I did every mistake I could um, to not move. Mm. So um, what took me over that barrier was writing. I started writing a blog and blog and when you think about it, 14, 15 years ago was like blogging then was like podcasting today. Mm-hmm. And people start responding to my, um, my blogging, uh, my blogs. And I, I blogged about being an Israeli mom in the U.S. and my perspective about living there. And people start connecting with me which brought me into having a relocation business. And when I launched that business, um, Israeli women that live in the U.S. reached out to me. They were all reaching out to me at the same week. It was crazy. You know, same phone calls, like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all said the same thing. How were you managed to launch your business? We are so stuck with our lives. Can you coach us? Now, I knew human resources, I knew consulting, I knew training, but I knew nothing about coaching. I can say now that I thought it was like a good scam to get people's <laughs> money, but I became curious and mm-hmm. um, I decided to, after having conversations with a few people who are coaches, I decided to get certified as a coach and I do that in the last 10 years. And wow. um What's interesting is that I started doing that and then people said, when can we hear you speaking about that? And they said, me, English? Nah. So now I speak (laughs) about that. And then people said, where is the book? So um, now there is a book (laughs) that I published a a month ago, um, Beyond Leadership from Awareness to Awareness. Uh, and wow. in the middle is the aware mess part. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's and it, it interesting that people saw in me what I was not able to see then in myself. And this is kind of like the work I do with people um, mm. to help them see in themselves the resourcefulness that they are not able to see right now. Mm. Do you help, you know, now that you've, <clears throat> you went through this amazing journey of not being able to speak English, having troubles with it to speaking English, writing a book in English, oh right? God. And that's such a, such a cool journey. You know, I, I, I'm in Montreal and um, I come from Vancouver. 
uh, where we don't speak French. Like mm -hmm. I, as Canada as a second language, our second language is French. But at least in the West Coast, it, we same thing. You learn it, you speak it in school, but you never really go outside and really use it. You learn a couple words here and there, uh, and you know, reading some things, but that's it. But moving here and have to adapt like that it's tough it's like so i i know you know the struggles that of learning a second language and and english is even harder right english is a very tough language so hats off to you and, and writing the book and and now speaking and coaching what do you find um in your coaching experience uh you're a very driven person when people aren't so driven What's some of the tips or, or some of the things that you can help them with? Um, because not everyone is, is like you and I. I. I'm like that. I'm a very driven person. When I set my mind to something, I want to finish it, and I become obsessed about it. Um, a lot of people in my network are not like, like that to a degree. Do you have any ideas or, or tricks or tips to help them figure out like what that is and how to get it? So I have tons <laughs> and, and I will go to the core and um, actually as driven I am, I think the hardest piece for me, as I mentioned in my story, is to see that suddenly I stopped. I didn't move into actions and even when I try to move into actions, and I think that's something that is very frustrating that we take actions but they are not consistent or we don't see the results we expect to see. And that's very frustrating. And it took me a long time to understand that this, the barrier that stopped me were my emotions and my thoughts. Mm. So here is an example. When I went to an interview, even though I, I, I knew how to interview people, I came from human resources. Mm -hmm. So even though I did all the right things, Inside, there was a voice telling me, who's going to hire you with your English? Mm. And the same way when I started the coaching, who's going to hire you as a coach um, when you don't speak English as good as, as them? And mm. uh, maybe you will not understand all the words that they are using. And when you have that voice uh, or other emotions that, that lead your way, or as I say, mislead your way, um, they they can they can become a force and stop you so i divided it to two areas there is the doing area mm. and there is the being area and the big being areas are the thoughts and emotions now they are there all the times the problem is that we don't pay attention to them so if you ask me what is the biggest tip is to be honest with yourself and start with what am I thinking and feeling right now? Because this is an area that we sometimes, some of us don't feel comfortable going into or not even know how to do because we have the tendency to be in the action because we learned that in very early age. Um, you know, when we're little kids, our parents tell us, be a good girl and go do your homework, be a good boy and mm -hmm. clean up your room. So we learn very easy, very early that the formula is good equal actions. Mm -hmm. And we also see that in corporate world, right? The people that are being promoted are the ones that you can see their actions. So we we don't pay attention to the emotions and the thoughts and they're there it's just like breathing mm -hmm. we can feel right now too 
and it might be even something different in every moment, but mm -hmm. we don't pay attention. And that's what I call awareness. Mm -hmm. So what I find is that when we go with formulas that are only action mm -hmm. and we don't engage the being, we don't see movement. And that's mm -hmm. very frustrating because the being can be a force. I, I see it as the force. It can stop us. It mm -hmm. can stop us from moving it's definitely stopped me too just like when you're saying that i was thinking about um growing up i'm dyslexic so as a kid i had a really hard time reading um and i had to learn you know go to a special tutor to learn how to like catch up to my classmates and that was always a kind of a chip on my shoulder to your point I, you know, in your head that, oh, they're not going to listen to me. They're going to think I'm stupid or something that I, and I was always so nervous to read out loud, afraid I might stumble or stop on something. And um, it, you're right. It happens to everybody. It's hard to come um, because we're maybe from a very young age, you know, you read something out loud for me and I got laughed at in the class. And I remember that um, I, and I have nightmares. I've had nightmares about that moment for my entire life. So I completely resonate with that and the emotion and the, the action. Um, how can someone overcome that? How can someone, you know, you know, once they take that step, okay, uh, how am I feeling right now? Okay. I'm feeling scared or, or nervous that they're not going to like me, that they're not going to think I'm, I'm, able to do this is there anything we can do to help alleviate that or or have a deeper conversation with yourself like what would be the next step yeah so of course it's helpful that there is someone with you that helps you identify because the awareness part is that many times we are not even aware and seriously it doesn't matter where you are in your life. I sit with C-suite executives that have that voice that, tell that tells them, uh, why bother? No one is going to listen to you. So it's, it's not like just you starting your business and feel this way. It's mm. the voices with us. I say Oprah has it, Dalai Lama has it, everyone <laughs> has that mm -hmm. voice. And when you mentioned that voice, yeah, it feels like I'm feeling fear, but there is a voice there that telling you uh, you're not good enough. Now, this mm. voice is very well known, but you can read about them in many books and, and, and TED Talks. Uh, some people call it the saboteur from the French word sabotage, <laughs> to, um, right? And then there is the inner critique or the gremlins, if you know the movie, those green, uh, ugly creatures. <laughs> and there, if you sum it up, there are um, two main voices there. With, and you can tell me which one is yours if you want. Um, mm -hmm. uh, with yours. And one is you are not good enough. Mm. And the other one is why bother? Or uh, so let's sit and watch Netflix because no one will care anywhere. So why even bother? Mm. Uh, and sometimes to the um, to the I'm not good enough. There is even a mean a meaner version of uh, you need to prove me that you are good. So that's mm. kind of like a meaner version of the I'm not good enough. So we all have that voice. It sounds a bit different for each one of us, but it's always have kind of like the same slogan. It's very short. So if you look at yours, what would it be? I think kind of a bit of both. Like the biggest thing that I, <laughs> my little green goblin was always saying like, 
uh, I was always afraid people would think I, I'm like not smart. Like I was mm -hmm. stupid um, because those were um, words that were said to me when I was younger, when I was having troubles reading specifically. Right. And so that was kind of what I heard. And, and so it was a bit of both like at times, why bother? Because they're, I, I accepted when I was younger that they're going to think that, that mm -hmm. I'm stupid. So why bother? And I've also said like, uh, like just the nervousness. So it's, um, I don't know. I, yeah. I feel a bit of both. I don't know if that, <laughs> if that helps. But. but Yeah, yeah, it does. So it's that why bother? And ev anyway, everyone will think you're stupid, right? Mm. Sorry to be that mean to you right now. But this, this is kind of like what that, that voice is really mean. And I think the confusion is like with uh, negative emotions and this all positive uh, psychology movement that I should be positive um, or I should eliminate that voice. No, we cannot eliminate being sad or um, anxious right now with this going back to the quarantine, right? Uh, and many of us right now feel many emotions. I just facilitated a mastermind group and people said that in this moment I feel this, in the other moment I feel this, and then I'm anxious again and excited again. And right, these all different emotions that are happening and we can't really eliminate them in the mm -hmm. same way with the voice. We can't get rid of it. But what we can learn to do, as I say, is lower the volume. Mm. And when, so you learn how to approach those emotions and acknowledge them, but, and lower the volume. And sometimes mm. to do that, you need to give yourself permission to just stay with the voice for a moment rather than saying, I, I will not think about it. Because when we say I will not think about it or feel something, we feel and think that 40 times more. That's what the yeah. research says. Not you just push it aside and and in the moment you might feel okay but it'll come back yeah. yeah and and that's exactly what happens with uh if you talk about business owners or people that uh, were promoted you know the actions brought me to where i am and i feel like mm. those actions will take me to the next step but they don't and then i freak out about it and I, i'm not sure what to do so i'm trying many different things and nothing works so i'm staying in that in that messiness <clears throat> so so really what you need to understand that when you pay attention to those thoughts and emotions and that mean voice and learn how to lower the volume then you engage that with the doing, you create consistent doing. I hope it makes sense. Tell me if you need no. more. No. Right. no, it makes perfect sense. And, and <laughs> you're helping me go through it, you know, like, uh, because we all, like you said, we all feel that way at, at some point in time uh, because no one's perfect, right? Uh, when we're growing up, we make mistakes. That's how we learn. And, and sometimes those mistakes um, weigh us down and, and prevent us from doing things. Um, you know, I was pushed into many different things. Um, so I, no, I completely understand. Yeah. And, and I feel like the, the frustration that people feel in those situations is that they feel like they need to send, and I did the same thing. I, I would sit and do and do and do, and I would end my day and it feels like I did nothing. Mm. And I, I said, how come that woman that was able to achieve so much, is sitting all day and doing and she doesn't see any results how how is that possible mm. and until i was willing to say okay there is there, there is that limiting belief self-limiting belief that english is what's stopping me 
So I said, okay, I need to start working with that. So I went to Toastmasters, which is a speech uh, international speaking club. Uh, and I, I worked with editors and, and did a lot of work to work through my challenges. And one of the things I love about coaching is that even if you say, I would like to be successful, I will ask you, what does it mean to you? So it gave me permission that when there is a word that I don't know, to just say, I don't know what this, that word means. Can you please explain the definition to me? And give myself permission to be okay with sometimes just feeling stupid internally. Sorry to use that word, but feeling stupid oh. internally, but just <laughs> saying call on myself and mm -hmm. say do something about it but from a place of connection with the being yeah you know what helped me get through kind of that was um when i was in my previous roles i was in sales for six years so you can imagine in a sales environment how many times you get no how many times you get uh resistance and and kind of denial and and it's hard especially the first few years you kind of take it personal <laughs> over time you, you get used to it right you get accustomed to it and so I started to learn not, not only about business and about growing businesses and um, what have you uh, I started learning to accept that it's not really me uh, that they're saying no to and that helped with me getting over the fact that um, uh, number one getting more confident saying that I am smart and number two getting over the fact that to your point if I don't understand I'm gonna ask and, and yeah I might feel silly but then I'm gonna learn and then the next time I won't have to ask that question anymore versus acting like I know what they're talking about and then you know finding out later that oh we've been talking for half an hour you don't know what I'm saying like <laughs> uh, which has happened to me and and it and that's even more embarrassing right so it, it, do you think that um, it sounds like you, you did a lot of self-awareness in yourself. You had a conversation with yourself that, okay, this is what I'm afraid about, uh, you know, English. How do I, how do I tackle this? How do I uh, move forward? Is that kind of, would that be something you tell your clients, like build that self-awareness in yourself? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I believe that I call it the deer effect since I live right now. I don't live in, in New York City anymore. I live in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I still not, didn't get any of the accents. But um, <laughs> in North Carolina, you, you have deers in the, deer in the road. And one morning when I drove with, with my kids to school very early, suddenly I heard a bump in my not cool uh, minivan. And when I got out of the car, I realized that a deer bumped into our car and went back to the other side. Oh uh, and it taught, me, it taught me to drive differently, right? You learn that there might be a deer jumping, especially now when there are probably not a lot of cars. You should be probably more careful with deer on the roads. <laughs> um, but it taught me rather than driving this way to open my, my sight, my eyesight. And mm. we all have that moment, uh, the dear moment. You know, mm. it's when you go to your boss and they say, um, close the door, we need to talk. Or your partner tells you, if not, or your buddy is mm -hmm. telling you something. Um, so there is something needs to happen that we will realize that we we lose sight you know it's like that maybe employee that tells you i'm leaving because of you the company so we have those moments when the deer bumps into us and then we realize that 
things don't work. So for me, it was just applying to jobs and, and realizing that I probably do something wrong and I need to work on that. Um, so I, I, I hope I answered your question. Remind me the second part. No, that, that you totally did. You totally did. And yeah. I, was, I was adding, you know, um, try to always relate to myself, right? So that I know that I understand and, and that I'm on top of it. But yeah, it, it's, you, you said it there, like self-awareness is what I was talking about. That's something that yeah, I've been yeah. really working on, self-awareness, self-development. And, and sometimes people think self-care or, or, or self-help is like, um, this negative thing, but in reality, it's something that helps us grow and get better. And, and self-awareness was the thing that I had to discover that, okay, these are the things preventing me from growing, um, not only in professionally, but also relationships. So that, um, speaking and, and, you know, me thinking that I was dumb prevented me from saying the things I wanted to say because I was afraid. So relationships didn't work out, uh, both business and, and, and personal. And so once I, uh, understood that and, and changed that about myself, you know, um, speaking, you know, I, I didn't go to Toastmasters, but I did something similar. I volunteered for, um, speaking engagements and, and tried mm -hmm. to present for, um, the business I was in, do a lot of presentations and just get comfortable right. being, uh, <laughs> sweating, you know? Yeah. yeah right. And, and so, yeah, that's, you know, my question was really about that. Like, how do you build self-awareness? Um, and then once you build self-awareness, what's the next step after that? Yeah, I guess would be my question. Yes. Yeah, so how do you build self-awareness is really, I believe, with that deer that bumped mm -hmm. into your, your car because you just drive there. You do your autopilot. You do your tendency. You, you think and you feel, by the way, it's the same. It's, those are autopilots. Uh, some of us go to bullings when we are attacked. Some of us go to victim mode when we are attacked. So there are lots of different autopilots that we have. And it's very hard to do it alone, those uh, self-explorations. Something big needs to happen for you to realize that it's happening like that deer bumps into your car, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. but, and for me, it was the relocation. I believe that if I would stay in Israel, I would be a different person than I am today. I would stay the doer that is not engaged with her emotions and thoughts. And this experience really made me a different person in so many uh, layers from how I see the world, from how I see people being different. You know, every time I open, I was never different per se, but every time I open my mouth now, every conversation is, where are you from? Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> I, I live being different and this is why my worldview right now changed. So mm -hmm. there are some things that it's very hard to do on your own. And when you work with another person, it's easier to observe and work on them. Now, one of the things um, I'm talking about is the illusion of awareness. And that can be a problem that sometimes um, take people backwards in a way and that was something that I was also stuck in so it's kind of like you realized that so there are two layers to to self-awareness the first one is like I want to be there right so I get there and I, then I realize oh this is cute I want to be there right it's like I want to have my first um, 
uh, speaking engagement. So I have my first one, I sweat a bit, I feel really good, but it's like, okay, it was just 10 minutes in a small networking. Now I want the 100 people. Then you do the 100. Okay, I want the 1,000. I'm not saying everyone wants that, mm-hmm. but right those so the same is with self-awareness oh i, I want to be more compassionate okay now i want to be more kind now i want to be this i want to meditate so it never stops so that's mm. the first illusion of awareness it never stops really mm. every time we think we know everything there is something else that we can know of course but second one is even more frustrating and i wish there was more conversation about that in books in in trainings mm. whatever in coaching uh, and that's that even when you went through that, you know, obstacle, you were uh, in that bl- blindsided autopilot space, you mm-hmm. went through the messiness and you got to the other side. It doesn't mean that you will stay there. <laughs> we go back. Think about this quarantine experience. It's like we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, and suddenly we're this different person. So everything we work to be so awesome and and great and amazing, Mm -hmm. when we are stressed and distracted and overwhelmed, we go back to old behaviors because that's what we know. That's where we go to. Mm -hmm. And that's why I call it the illusion of awareness Mm -hmm. because we believe that when we cross the bridge, we're going to stay there, mm. but we don't. We come back. And, mm. the, and the same with that voice is to understand that that voice will always be there. This behavior of me attacking people or becoming control freak when I'm stressed mm. is always going to happen. Mm. But I need to learn how to shorten the time between me going to old behaviors and bringing myself back to what I have learned. Mm. Um, So so again, I learned something. I crossed the bridge, distracted, stressed. I go back. Now how I shorten the time I stay there. Mm. So, so I feel this is something that is missing in the conversation about awareness. And then people try something and it doesn't work and they let go of, of um, keeping that because it's oh it doesn't work I don't stay I go back we all go back mm. and and I wish this secret was being <laughs> discussed more <laughs> <laughs> you're so right though it's it's um since this quarantine yeah like um I for the first time I, I tried meditating you know you, you get bored every once in a while of course so you try new things and and um and it was it, quite enlightening you know you so it does things like this changes people and you do, you take a step back and, and it's good because you can assess like kind of where you're going. I had a new year's resolution that I didn't even start. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was so pumped about it in November and then come January, February, we even started, but now I, I, I'm starting it. Now I, I'm really doing it. And it's, so it's funny how this quarantine, um, although it's a horrible, horrific disease that is harming the world, you know, the, I feel lucky and grateful that I, I'm safe and that I get to also work on some of my passion projects and do this kind of podcasting and learn about myself. So, um, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel that too. Taking a step back is very important, especially for my journey. Uh, when I moved here um, last year to Montreal, um, you know, I took a step back and I, I didn't want to take another sales job. I was, I was done and I had to figure out what I really wanted to do. And, 
And now that I um, had a family that I wanted to provide for, I, I, you know, I wanted to find something not only that I enjoyed, but something I could also provide for them. And I believe I did. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't agree with your advice more. And I didn't know it at the time that I was doing it, but now I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool though. Is that part of the, so you talk, going back to your book, um, because we're talking about self-awareness, self, I like what you said and and remind me, self, self self-awareness, self-messiness, is that what it was? (laughs) It's a well-less that you're not mess. (laughs) this. <laughs> I, I love that. I got to, yeah, I got to write that down actually. Cause that's so, it's so true. Right. And so yeah. walk us through a little bit about that process. Cause I feel like that's the overarching kind of conversation we're having is self-development, yeah. self-awareness. So maybe if you can take us through kind of what those things are in the book, which you probably have already discussed, but yeah. let's pivot towards that and talk more about this book because it is interesting. And like you said, more people should be talking about it. I know I benefited from those stages um yeah. maybe walk us through that yeah so so really um there are three parts to the book and the first one is a well less it's when the deer hits you and you realize uh you are on autopilot and i truly believe that right now in where we are right now it's a book that can really support you mm. uh, but also if you feel like you're just stuck with something uh so the awareness part really talks about how you um you approach those emotions and thoughts. There is a conversation about how you identify your saboteur or the, mm. the inner critique and how you work with it. Um, so there are tips about how to, to approach that. So there is the part of the emotions and, and the thoughts and how we understand them. And um, there I talk about um, hidden focuses, which are really our tendencies so uh, one way is, as I mentioned, with the hidden focuses, is um, that we let the, the 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 thoughts to get in our way with um, with the saboteur that tells us why even bother, and they stop us. So there are many different ways that we do that. Um, so that's the awareness part. And then when we understand, we figure out that there is something there. There is that autopilot. There is that thing that gets in our way. When we identify that, then we move to awareness. And the awareness is really that messy part of figure figure things out for ourselves. And this is really what we experience right now. Many business owners figure that out right now. For example, uh, if you are away, aware of the LinkedIn uh, feed right now, so many people started doing videos. I started that, I think, a year ago when it was just starting, uh, playing with that. But now everyone is experimenting with LinkedIn video. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want you to take a moment, if you are a business owner right now, how many things that you w- were procrastinating, perfecting, avoiding, this survival situation right now because there is a sense of survival right now how do i provide for my family right how how my business is going to stay alive uh companies right now um, find ways how to survive this market so in this situation we become very creative very very creative and all the things that before we postponed or try to perfect suddenly we are willing to experiment and just move into action faster. So Mm. that's the messy part that we experience right now. 
And then the last one is the awareness. And there I talk about the, uh, what I said, the illusion of awareness that it's not just that you get there, but how you bring yourself every time back to that point mm. where you slack. Mm. Um, and, and really it's energy. If you think about it, it's energy. Even when you meditate, right? You go in and out of mm -hmm. that focus thought. So it's the same with awareness. We are in and out and we don't stay there. We, so it's at what I showed her that there is a model that you move from awareness to awareness to awareness. So it's moving <laughs> all the time, just like mm -hmm. our emotions. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So, so it's that, a continuous process, it ne yeah. always evolving, just like us, right? We're always yeah. evolving. You can never plateau and stop. You're always growing, always learning. Yeah, sorry, guys. There is never <laughs> there. <laughs> the top. You can never reach the top. Yeah. No, sorry. But that's what makes life so interesting. <laughs> At though, least like, from my point of view. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that point of view. I mean, if you think about it, if you reach the top, if you're like determined and, you know, by 30 years old, you reach the top, you got a long life to live before, you know, you pass on. Like there's always another hill, another mountain you can climb. So I, I completely uh, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think it's the ego that reaches the top, not us. <laughs> but yeah uh so but that's for another conversation probably <laughs> that's a that's another good one though it, it's it's hard it's also like i i feel like people are afraid of judgment you know i i know again like my fear of um people uh, I, I was fearful of people thinking i was stupid i was fear of their judgment of me right yeah. and so that's something I, I uh, learned over time, especially in the last like maybe year or two, like this is fairly new to me and why I'm so obsessed about it right now. And I want to share, you know, this podcast with so many people because I feel like it is important. It is a conversation we, we should be talking about and, um, and something that I'm trying to understand right now. Um, maybe as a, as a last question or, uh, you know, we might ask a little bit more, but um, how did you how did you write this book? So obviously, you, you accomplished your goal of speaking English, and you speak very very well. You know, yeah, uh, like I, I know many people here, obviously in in Montreal, who speak English, and they have a very thick accent, and sometimes hard to understand. But you speak English very very well, and you're speaking, you're writing books. How did you learn all about these um, different steps at different stages of self-development, of self-awareness? And, and uh, walk us through maybe a little bit of how you actually wrote this book and then who this book for. And then that might be a good uh, way to maybe wrap up this, uh, this mm -hmm. podcast episode. Well, I'm going to make it short because it can be a very long story. So there are two, if you talk about writing, if some people that listen are interested, because many times people say, I really want to write a book or people say, I want to yeah. write a book. So I'm going to keep it short because I, I went through the journey. Um, there are some books that you have a system, you put the system on a book, you're done. Uh, but there are some books like my book that they are being called emerging books. So you have an idea in your head and when you start writing it, uh, the book emerges. And that's why you kind of like with um, guys, you never went for a physical pregnancy and not everyone, but pregnancy of an elephant that takes almost two years. Um, and and I was, I am very um, 
impatient. That's how we say mm. not patient, impatient. That's impatient, yeah. Impatient person. So I'm very impatient <laughs> person in general, not mm. as a coach, but in my personal <laughs> life. Yeah, um, a lot of so, us are. <laughs> yeah, right. We we're really good with you know. I'm really good with my clients, but not with my husband. Right. Mm. <laughs> um, so, so I'm very impatient, but I was willing to walk the journey of writing this book without limiting myself. And there are a few things that happened along the way. For example, I realized that I want to have a research to support my ideas because an idea is great. So I did some research, so it slowed my book and I had to put it aside, work on the research, get the information and then keep going. Uh, so first I think patience. Learning, if you want to learn patience, write a book because it takes time and it's a mm. process. And the second thing, if you're a storyteller like me, um, what I did is I just wrote stories. I wrote a lot of stories that didn't get into the book, but I realized that kind of like needed to go out of my system. So if you are a storyteller like me, just write the stories and then make sense of it. Last thing that was, uh, if you are someone that likes to talk, for example, I used my best friends, by the way, were dyslexic. dyslexic sick, right? That's yep. I said. I, uh, when we studied for exams, I would talk uh, and from listening to me, they would study for the exams. That's the real story. I had two guys <laughs> that came to, me, to my house every time and we learned together for, for high school tests and exams. Nice. Uh, so if you are a person that process while talking, just record your ideas and then what you recorded, you can write or you can work with the coach and they ask you questions and you record those calls on Zoom or whatever, and then you start writing it. So I, I hope those tips help. Mm -hmm. Last thing I'm going to say, and that's about the second language, I had to do a long process of letting go of writing it perfectly. Because anyway, your first draft is going to be crappy. Mm -hmm. So accepting that and um, being okay when I talk or when I coach or when I write that it doesn't have to be perfect mm -hmm. allowed me to show up. Because for me, I'm not talking about anyone else, but for me, perfection heals creativity. Completely and agree. And, and that's when it, it sucks my energy. So I, I had to learn that, being aware about that, about myself, yeah. and learn that when I get into it, it has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a good product. Uh, same thing happened to me like when I was getting into videography and making videos. Um, the advice that was given to me was very good advice. Is they said, Kyler, your first 100 videos are probably going to suck. And at first, I'm like, man, that's kind of rude. Like, that's kind of... but. The truth is, it, it, like anything in life, you know, when you first get into the driver's seat and you're learning how to drive, you're not a good driver. You're nervous. You're scared. You, you don't know what's going on. You learn by practicing, by doing. So I, I, can, I can imagine writing a book and also, uh, and in my field, making videos, you're, it's just such a steep learning curve. You're going, it's not going to be your best work, but it's that pebble, that ripple effect that makes it better and better. Each time you drop a, a pebble in the water, it ripples and more opportunities come up, meaning more practicing comes up and, yeah. and it's that process, right? Yeah. And it, it's the same in, in a lot of, you know, if you're the person that don't create because it has to be perfect, mm. I'm going to be 
<laughs> yeah, I would, I would hop on that. I, I like what you said, perfection um, kills creativity because now that I'm working with clients too, um, I, I, it completely does. I want to deliver the best possible product. I want it to be perfect and it can kill your creativity before you even get started. You know, oh, you scratch ideas and you have a, you know, like you see in the movies, the big pile of, you know, uh, paper and that's happened to me, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, man, you know, all these ideas could be great ideas. You know, you don't, you don't know and have faith that you're, you have a creative vision that could be something. And so it will not be used and that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How can people get in touch with you? How can people get um, a hold of your book and and really just understand more about you? Um, Why don't you give uh, the the audience a little bit more where they can find you? Okay. So my website is Noah, N-O-A, Ronan, R-O-N-E-N, coaching, noahronancoaching.com. Um, and you can find me with the same uh, handler on all social media, Noah, N-O-A, no H, because that's a woman name, not a guy's <laughs> name in Israel. So N-O-A-R, my last name, coach, Noah R, coach, and that's my uh, social media username. I'm very active on mostly on LinkedIn and a bit on Instagram, but mostly if you want to see all my videos, which are after I run, so I don't look like that. I look very <laughs> uh, sweaty and I've got a lot of thoughts in my head after I run. So I call them on, my, on the run videos, uh, very short ones. Uh, so you can learn more about me or connect with me there or just shoot me an email. Just shoot me an email, uh, Noah mm-hmm. at noahwanandcoaching.com. And of course, the book is on Amazon, Beyond Leadership from Awareness to Awareness. Um, Love it. I'm so grateful that we, you know, in this reality to connect with, with you from Montreal and having this beautiful conversation. So thank you. I would, no problem. Thank you. I would never have discovered um, the site that we are connected with uh, if it wasn't for the coronavirus and and then <laughs> have the setup of the podcast and, and have so many cool conversations with people. So thank you for coming on the show. Um, I'll put all the details for her contact information either in the video or in the description. So you can click on it. You can find her, you can find the book. And again, this was Anoa, who I'm speaking with, a keynote speaker, best-selling author, and a leadership coach. Um, thank you so much for coming on the Making a Podcast. So wonderful to have you. And uh, let's keep in touch. Love to see how you're doing. And hey, if you ever need help with videos, uh, don't be afraid to uh, uh, hit me up on LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Take you. Take care, everyone.